and welcome to Hey Adora, your queer she-ra podcast. I'm Forced Optimist, they, them. And I am Princess Denny, she, her. And today we are discussing Boys Night Out. Boys Night Out, Boys Night Out! Boys Night Out is season four, episode eight. It was written by Shane Lynch. Storyboards by Diane Ha, Angela Kim, Alex Kwan, Sharon Sun, and Sam Szymanski, and directed by Kiki Manrique. Yes! Boys! Hello, boys! Hi, boys! Not We're really so a, happy to see you! Not really a subject that comes up much on this this television show or this podcast, but... But they certainly deserve their moment. Damn right. They have been stalwart for a they, long time. They have. They have been stalwart and true. And I do uh, I do super appreciate all of the different kinds of wonderful masculinity that we get in this episode. Yeah, hell yes. Because it is, it is fun and wonderful. It is a joy to behold masculinity in absence of the patriarchy. Yeah, it's really great because it still has mustaches and swords. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And commies. And commies mm-hmm. and all kinds of wonderful, enviable qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just watching um, someone on TikTok the other day, a male presenting person who didn't explicitly say how they identified, but in absence of explicitly saying it, I can presume this is a male identified male presenting person mm-hmm. addressing men in his comments who have argued with him that there can't be patriarchy because they're men and they suffer you know, like, if there's patriarchy, how come I've suffered in this way, man? And so he is responding to that by saying that you are addressing conditions that are created by the patriarchy. Right. This is why I say that everyone suffers under patriarchy. Men also suffer under patriarchy. Right. Because the patriarchy yeah. can create these conditions under which you don't feel able to express emotion, under which, you know, you are constrained in these ways. Those conditions are also created by patriarchy. Patriarchy doesn't mean that men can't suffer. <laughs> Right. It's right. quite the opposite. Yes, it's just a different... It's That is why we say patriarchy hurts everyone. Exactly. But here on Etheria, we never have to bother ourselves with patriarchy. We certainly don't. Just that pesky, just pesky, pesky colonialism, which we see coming up here as... You know, there's just a village that's being destroyed by the horde. No big On deal. On lots of fire. On lots of fire. <laughs> yeah, um, so let's let's get into it and see what's going on in our sea elf village. So yeah, so this is where the sea elves live, which just learned they were people. Cool. Love them. <laughs> yeah, there are some humanoid type people with various sea creature heads. We've got an octopus headed person, a squid type headed person, and then there's a person whose head is like an angler fish with a little dangly thing. Yeah, but they yeah. all have like humanoid bodies. Yeah, I And they're just I, chilling in their little village. Doing doing what villagers I assume villagers doing what do. Sea villagers do. And when up rolls the horde, yeah. blowing shit up willy nilly. Yeah, there is Willy and Nilly happening yeah. here. Hordak is having one of the best days of his life because he gets to use his laser gun arm. I mean He's the worst, and this is terrible. However, it's nice to see him having a good day for once. And also having a laser gun arm. You don't get to break that out very often. You don't really get to break that out very often, and it does yeah. sound kind of fun. You're like, yeah, yeah. hold on, we're, we're starting a campfire. Let me help. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's not useful in many scenarios. It's quite a blunt instrument. But still awesome. 
I mean, in the right context. Yes. So everyone's freaking out. Sea villagers are running around screaming bloody murder. But someone shows up to save the day. Fear not, tiny friends. Seahawk. I love Seahawk. Oh, we all do. I'm going to go on record here as saying that I love Seahawk and his masculinity is probably the closest mas- to the masculinity that I have. I support that. Yeah. I also adore Seahawk almost as much as you. Aw. You like as in like our I love, love for Seahawk? I love you the most. Oh, okay. But then but I love after Seahawk that. almost as much as I love you. Seahaw- after me is Seahawk. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and, you know, going back, I know I mentioned this in the episode when we first met Seahawk. When I first met Seahawk, my impressions of him was that I thought I wasn't going to like him. But the reason that I thought that was because of all the assumptions I made about what kind of masculinity he was going to embody based on what kind of space his type of masculinity would take up in a patriarchal society. I thought he was going to be competitive. I thought he was going to be putting other people down to try to put himself on top because that's what kind of character he would be in a patriarchal paradigm. But that's not Seahawk at all. No, he's too busy. He's too busy helping others and, and swashbuckling to, yes, he wants to be friends with all the friends. He doesn't want to be the top dog on the dog pile. No, no. In he just any wants way, to, shape, or form. He just wants to buckle swashes and yes. save the day, but not... Okay, he definitely wants to save the day for the glory of saving the day, but oh, But also, not in a competitive way. Not in a competitive way, only in a, like, pay attention to me, friends, for I am good enough to love kind of way. Yes, I am good enough to love just like all of you who are also great and right. also deserve love. I want to be as good as all of you who are also great. Right, yeah. So there's no paradigm. There's no ranking in the world of Seahawk. So Seahawk shows up, fear not tiny friends, and then immediately is blasted off his feet and goes flying through the air ass first in the most undignified way possible. An injustice. Yes, landing in a with his mustache ever so slightly on fire. The gravest injustice of them the all. The gravest injustice. And then he admits perhaps that we should fear a little. Just a little. Let's That's go. fine. Yes, he, gets right back on his feet. Bounces does not right give back. In, he does not give no. in to the fear. No, he generally doesn't. He yes. has a little bit, like, his bravado does kind of, like, you know, couch him a little bit from the fear. He's like, no, we shall continue this. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. He has moments where he acknowledges fear, but he never gives into it. Yeah. Gets right back up, goes back to doing his job of getting those villagers to safety. At least, you know, he does his best, except that here comes a huge ass horde tank rolling in. Things are looking very dire now for Seahawk and his two little villager buddies. Oh, yeah. And then very luckily for all of us, somebody poofs in on magical gleaming poofiness. I wonder who has the ability to do such things. I don't know. I think it's our queenly friend. It's Glimmer! Spunky Glimmer. She grabs the villagers, poofs out, leaving Seahawk. To face this tank <laughs> all alone. All by himself. He's just like, huh? She doesn't like, even think about Seahawk. Doesn't Sea even Hawk. think about Seahawk. 
And now Seahawk does understand, okay, maybe a little bit more than some fear needs to happen. Yes. So we follow Glimmer over to a nearby ship where all of these sea villagers have been evacuated. And Natasha and Spinnerella are there tending to the wounded who have already been evacuated. Glimmer poofs in with these last two villagers and she says, this is the last of them and we're ready to evacuate now. Wait a minute, where's Seahawk? Oh, I mean, to be fair, it's not like he's a dope. And he does dopey things, but it was not his dopery. Yeah, that no, led she to, just to Glimmer left not him behind. Him. And I don't know yeah. why she's so annoyed at him. Right. It's like she left him behind. She goes, oh, she's so annoyed. She's going back to her little, like, 13-year-old, like, mom, 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 give me some cheesy puffs. I know. It's very, it's very, like, geez, okay, Glimmer. So, yeah, so she- like, she stomps back. She, like, poof stomps back and grabs him and immediately she comes back with Seahawk in her arms looking like he just got electrocuted all his hair is sticking straight up <laughs> I love his response Ad- adventure yes like a question mark huh two thumbs up but question mark it's such like a, it's like a, when you like when you mess something up like when a dog messes something up and then you look at it and it's like Am I supposed to feel bad about yeah. this? Hi, you love me. I bet yeah. you are. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Golden, <laughs> Golden Retriever Seahawk. Golden Retriever Seahawk. Yes, and she just drops him on his ass immediately. Yeah. And then they sound the retreat and sail away from a sacked Selenius. They're on Seahawk's ship right now, right? Is that the ship? I, I got mean, the impression. It's hard to keep track. He's gone through so many. That's true. But I this think one it's is just not listed as a rebellion ship. Okay. Um, so we don't know. It could be it could be one of Seahawks ships. We can't no, I... really tell until it's on fire whether the... it's a Seahawks ship. True. And I, I my brain automatically went to, I wonder who the rebellion employs as their shipwrights. Uh-huh. A shipwright, by the way, is somebody that builds a ship. Ooh, I did not know that word. Yes. Hopefully they have like more than one. Yeah. You know, you gotta hopefully have... they're not based in Selenius. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. That, that, that ship has not sailed. That ship has sunk. <laughs> that ship has not sailed. <laughs> yes, Indeed. Yes. But so this is a really rough moment as they sail away, you know, with these refugees who they yeah. had just rescued. And they now all have to wa- watch their home, you know, burning and, you know, all of these sea villagers are crying and one of them turns to Natasha for comfort. You know, smoke is billowing. And Glimmer looks back at the ruins with what I have deemed patented Willow Rosenberg resolve face. Oh, the resolve face. Yes, yes. it is a and, Willow Rosenberg resolve face. Yes, and staring back at Glimmer is Fire Lord Hordak. I also wrote Fire Lord Hordak. I'm not surprised because it really looks like they lifted this particular portrayal of Hordak straight from a moment in Avatar where you've got Fire Lord Ozai standing in front of a column of fire on this big rock column with this look of satisfaction like ha 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 ha. Yeah, this is absolutely like... Like fire raining down around him. There really is no question that this was lifted like almost directly like, you know, like sell for sell from Avatar, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he is really feeling himself. Mm -hmm. Full confidence. Yeah. With a smile most evil. Most evil, indeed. And Glimmer's parting line, I'll be back for you. And she's like, 
Credits. Yeah. Credits. Woo! That was an intense opener. It was very intense opener. We had so, some levity, but then in the end, it was rough. We had some rough stuff, and Glimmer is definitely ready to definitely kick some ass. Unleash the fire and the brimstone Unleash and the fury. Unleash the fire and the brimstone and the fury. Yes, yes. Um, but there is still the question of us perhaps maybe winning at the end, maybe? I, mean, I don't is, know. This is really a grave moment for that question. If we I don't feel like work on our communication and work on some of these relationships, I'm not sure that we are going to win in the end. I, I, if we I, are not a united front. Yeah, we have to unite against the Horde or we will not win in the end. And you know, we still you need, need a to strong see. strong coalition. You do. It's not just about strong leaders going off on their no, own. No, which, no. Which, I mean... We're gonna see later. This this becomes the wedge, the like you know wedge yeah. issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But until we get there, where you get to first, so we have to go TBD to the war right room. now. TBD. We're gonna table that. Yeah, I think right now is the time to try to be present in the yeah. moment. Yeah, and not so, worry about the future. No, I, I think so. And I think the best place to do that is in a war room. Absolutely. So why don't we jump there? Let's so, jump there. So we do. We have a little bit of debriefing and a little bit of checking in from all of the different scouts. Yeah, and I have to wonder, like, Glimmer is so on edge right now about everyone respecting her authority. Right. Like, who decided that Bo should lead this meeting if Glimmer is going to have such a bug up her ass about no one can give her orders? Maybe Bo's not leading the meeting. Maybe we walked in mid-meeting and that Bo's job is to do the report. That could be. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good uh, yeah. interpretation. So maybe it's like scribe master bow. Right, right. Can you give the report yeah. on the status, the current status right. of the war? Yeah. Right, because he's not, he's he's only doing exposition. He's yeah, not doing yeah, any. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't think he's doing anything that could be construed as giving orders. Yeah. Yeah. He's facilitating. He's facilitating. Exactly. That is very much a bow type role. He is definitely really good at the facilitation part yes. yes and he's trying so hard as always to maintain an upbeat tone and keep the group from sinking into despair yeah right he says he knows things have been tough since losing selenius but we can turn it around totally right judging by people's expressions in the room it doesn't look like anyone else is feeling this statement right now right but he's trying <laughs> but he's really trying <laughs> he's he really by he's really trying swift wind for a report on the southern coast <laughs> Swiftwind also very cheerfully reports on fire. And as Bo does ask for more specificity in this. Can you be more specific? On lots of fire. fire. (laughs) Which, to be fair, is more specific. Somewhat more specific. Somewhat more. Not not necessarily helpful. Yeah. Um, Bo, you know, still trying to maintain the positivity, turns now to Adora. Yeah. For an update from Plumeria. Which, uh, Bo's not getting this, the, the positivity that he seeks from yeah, and Adora. Adora. Adora could have tried harder. This could have been a positive update. Um, and instead, uh, Adora gets her first pouty lesbian moment just three minutes into the app. Like, damn girl, <laughs> save some for later. I know, I know. We, like, we have I had so to, much time for this. I had to pause on this moment just to describe it a little bit. The the depth of her pouty lesbianness in this moment. She's got her arms crossed. She's giving Bo major side eye with just the biggest frown. Just like literally like they drew a smile and flipped it. 
That is how much of a frown she has. No, and that's true. And then she true. says in this sulky monotone that Perfuma is securing the Whispering Woods and Frost reports that her kingdom has not been breached. And Bo's like, great! And the door says, yet. Uh-huh. And this okay. is just like uh, Mermista last time. There haven't been any murders. Yet. Yet. <laughs> you know, Adora could have said, Perfuma is securing the Whispering Woods. And Frost sure. reports that her kingdom has not been breached. Like, things are okay. But, but instead she... Aren't she, okay? She's basically I mean, just like it's just a matter of time. Well, uh, I mean, it is kind of just a matter of time, though. It is, like, it is. But you know, I I really feel for Bo. He's the only one who is trying to maintain any level of positivity. Yeah. Like, what are we even doing here if we don't believe that there's any hope? Fight it. Kind of, you know. Um, so, so I mean. Things are tough right now. They did just lose Selenius. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of hard to be like, well, you know, Bo even says it's hard at, you know, of course, it's hard to be that guy. So, yeah, yeah. He's acknowledging, you know, this is a tough time, but, you know, all hope has not been lost. Mm -hmm. Right. So Adora, you know, Bo's like, okay, great. You know, Kingdom of Snows has not been breached. And Adora says, yet, but the horde's working on it day and night non-stop i know we get this like i go almost like eye twitch like yeah you know like yeah <laughs> okay dude <laughs> like yeah and Bo is just like determined to make everything be okay yep and he says well that is okay <laughs> because it is okay natasa and spinnerella just saved everyone in cl village with Glimmer, who didn't tell us she was going, but just kind of showed up. And <laughs> yeah. That's not the laugh of somebody that's excited about laughing. Yeah, that's the nervous yeah. laughter of yeah. someone who is hoping to maintain civility yeah. in a charged situation. Right. And of course, Bo knows bringing that up in front of Adora. Adora's going to be pissed about that. Yep. Yeah. And she is. Yep. Yep, and Adora and Glimmer go off on each other again, and they're just as salty as if the progress they made in the last episode never happened. Right, because it was... Because it, it ended badly. It ended badly, yeah. I mean, like, there's only so much progress you can make just by... Talking know, things like, out? Yeah, like, they did talk things out, but, it, like, they they feel like they didn't get to the root of the problem. They clearly didn't get to the root of it, yeah. and I think that Glimmer feels that she made the wrong decision by listening to Adora when Adora said, please stay. And Glimmer said, okay. And then Selenius fell. Right. So Glimmer felt like she shouldn't have listened to Adora. Right. Yeah. Um, and they didn't get to the root of it is the other thing. You're correct. Yeah. yeah. Because it's way deeper than, than just, you know, our yeah. we need to listen to our friends. It's it's deeper than that. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. Have Although deeper we're, hurt. We're gonna get to it when we get to when we ultimately at the end of this episode get to like what the show seems to be saying is the root of it. Uh -huh. I have some questions, but it's too soon to get into that. Yeah, I think that's um, a good thing to to discuss. We'll put a pin in that for there. now. Yeah. So they're super salty with each other, and they're squabbling. Glimmer says, "Tell it to Mermista." And that gives Swifty an opening to say, hey, where is Mermista? Let's cut over to see where is Mermista. Oh, and like, where is Mermista, Meph? 
Mermista. <laughs> Mermista. First of all, this bathtub is gorgeous. Yes. So Mermista is in this gorgeous bathtub in the middle of this like beautiful room. I don't know how the water is getting into this bathtub, but it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, we don't get to see. It's probably magicked in there. I mean, it's Mermista can just there. like magic the, the water in yeah. from, from outside maybe. This is a yeah. fresh water tub. Who knows? Yeah, but this is a gorgeous bathtub. And yes. she's sitting full there. Full of bubbles. Full of bubbles. And she's and sitting tubs there. Of cream, tubs of ice cream. Tubs of ice cream. Hither just and thither. All over the place. And she's just sitting in the bath, eating and ice cream. And you can see just the end of her mermaid tail flopping over the end of the tub. And Oh, look, more ice cream, because I'm the princess of ice cream now. Also, she waterbends ice cream to (laughs) like the ice cream that fell out of her hand, presumably from like the depression flops. Yep. And she just like takes it under the water with her. Yep. Yep. And like, we've all been there, right? We've all. Of course. I mean, I'm not. We all have places that we curl up in a hole and take me time and from a mista who is part mermaid it's the bathtub so you know we all we can all identify for ourselves like what is it for you right yeah you know like your your version of that could be a walk in the woods like if you live in an area where you have access to woods and that's where you feel safe and secure like it could be anything totally it could be your favorite art museum if you have a painting that you like to sit in a bench in front of this painting. If it's like a really, you know, there's some paintings at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City that take up the whole wall. Mm-hmm. So maybe you like to sit in front of your favorite painting and that helps you deal with crazy shit in life, whatever it is. We all have our thing. Yep. But I do love the phrase princess of ice cream. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, that's great. Yes. In fact, that should really be on a t-shirt. I, I agree. I I, it's not me with a picture of Mermista in the tub. Maybe mm-hmm. just the tub with her mermaid tail sticking out. Yeah, that says Princess so of Ice Cream. Who know would know. Yeah, I dig that. I dig that. So if anybody wants to make that, uh, yes, yeah, so we will help you if you make that T-shirt. Yeah, give us a little cut. You know. Um, so we're she working, groans and sinks back under the bubbles with her ice cream. Yep. And then we cut quickly back to the war room where Seahawk <laughs> says quietly in Bo's ear. <laughs> She's uh taking some me time. And like, good job, Seahawk. Yeah. Like Seahawk would never shame anyone, least of all his beloved Mermista. His beloved his beloved Burlovered. Burlovered. That's, <laughs> that's a hard phrase to say. Burlovered Marvel Storbs. Yeah, like, yeah. I feel like I should have done like vocal exercises before saying that. Um <laughs> but you're right. He and he is super respectful of it and like you know, and Bo like reinforces they, it. Yeah. He says, "Me time, great. We could all yeah. use some of that," which I think is correct. I agree. At yeah. this moment, everyone yeah. could regroup so they could come back and bring their best selves. Yeah, I mean, during you know, war isn't just always battle, battle, battle. Like you have to take R and R, right? Yeah. Like there's like, always you're gonna, leave. You're not going to come up with new good strategies if you're always burned out and at the end of your rope. Yeah, like you have to take a break. Yeah. So. Yeah. Always and, true. And, you know, Bo brings up a good a, a good thing. And then, you know, go, that's a good plan. And then says we should check in with each other more often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and just kind of mentions to Glimmer. And Glimmer is not having any of this idea of resting. Yeah. Or anybody giving he was going to say to Glimmer. 
He says, and Glimmer, if you could, and who knows what the rest of that sentence was going to be. Glimmer doesn't want to be told anything by anyone, even her best friend. Right. Who's saying, as a best friend and a person who loves you and who's always had the ability to say this. And certainly the words, if you could, do not construe an order. Right. And Glimmer reacts so strongly. She slams her hands down on the table and declares that she's not going to hide in the castle while their people are in danger. And then she says the shittiest thing that I think she's ever said to Bo so far. Yeah. She says, I'm the queen. You don't give me orders. And Bo's like, okay. Like, how does how Bo does not know how to respond to this, nor would I. Like, if yeah, I'm like, I don't think Glimmer's hey, ever spoken to him that way. No, and also like, hey, bestie, like as your friend, I'm just gonna say one small thing that I yeah. don't even finish, and all yeah. of a sudden you're pulling rank on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're talking to me like I am your servant. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, and so but Bo responds in a really calm and measured way. Because that's Bo. He's sure. like, okay, I get that you're upset. And, you know, he's trying to, like, be really tentative and gentle. Mm-hmm. And then Adora cuts him off. First Glimmer cut him off. Now Adora's cutting him off. They're, like, right. fighting across him. Yeah. Adora interjects and says, don't talk to Bo like that. I mean, Adora's not wrong. I She's mean, She's not Bo- wrong, but it's, it's not- also true that, like... They're both mad at each other kind of across bow and not letting him speak for himself. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I I mean, I'm not sure that I would be any better in that situation, but it's easier to analyze when you're not in the situation. Yeah, and they're cartoons. And they're cartoons. But even if they were real people, I feel like, you know, it's easy to analyze and say like, oh, well, they shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done that. I'm not saying that I would be any better. I'm not saying that I'm a perfect angel who never gets caught up in my feelings (laughs) and gets angry. I'm no. just saying that, you know, like, Adora could have just let Bo speak for himself. Sure. He, he was sure. in the middle of speaking for himself when she cut him off to be like, don't talk to Bo like that. Yeah. And then Bo says, it's fine. And he starts to speak for himself and uh-huh. say, you know, glimmers, just whatever. He's speaking to his opinion of what's motivating Glimmer's situation. Right. And then and- Glimmer cuts him off again. Yeah. And Glimmer's just like, I need to stop the horde. You know, she's... Yes, I need to stop the horde. I need to stop the horde, yeah. Any way I can. And then, you know, calls off the meeting. And then she says, we're done for today. Yep, and just like, you know, shuts everybody down. And she stalks off. Yep. And then then Adora stalks off. They both stalk off in opposite directions. Uh And then Spinny and Natasha look at each other. And they, like, slowly back out of the room. Mm -hmm. Like, they're afraid to set off a bomb in that, like, walking on eggshells way. Like, we do not want to be in the middle of this. Boop, 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 boop. Like, the hands up, like, ooh, hey, ooh, no, ah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, and this is actually my first gayest moment. Which is they're they're like, nah, this is messy kid business. And this is like the gay aunties being like, I'm gonna let the kids take care of this. Um, and they just like take off to like go like water the garden and walk their dogs. They're like, this I didn't is, have that, but I'll support it. They're like, I don't this is no. Like yeah. these look, this is messy kid business. Let's go be yeah. old lesbians somewhere else. Yeah, and yeah like, I support that. And also this backing away slowly and then the sound effects of running and then the door slamming is actually a classic joke that's been used um on the simpsons 
over ah. and over during the classic seasons specifically. Ah. During so, which seasons? The classic seasons. Ah. One through like one through about ten to twelve is considered ah. classic Simpsons. Oh. The first decade. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So many seasons of The Simpsons. So many seasons of The yes. Simpsons. I, I certainly have seen I have not seen all of the Simpsons, but I certainly have seen episodes from the first decade. Yeah. So I, I definitely have recollections of that. Yes. And so who's left now oh. that all these people have stomped out? Boys! It's our three favorite guys. Boys! Boys are left standing there agape. Yes. Not the Seahawk mentions that perhaps it's not the worst meeting that they've had. Seahawk is still upbeat. Yeah. All in all, not the worst meeting we've had. And Bo is like... You know, poor Bo just collapses face down on the table. His which friend he has group is every like, right to do. Yeah, his friend group is melting down. Yeah, he must be just so emotionally exhausted. Yeah, and all he ever wants to do is like he's a peacemaker. Yeah, so he's like, just trying so hard to help everyone else, and they will not be helped. Basically, yeah, his heart is there, like not even on his sleeve. It's just literally open on his shirt at all times like yeah he's he's trying to be the heart and the heart is not bringing them together just tired it's tired you know the heart can't do the work of the whole body no it's true um bo says he's never seen glimmer like this or adora and he just wishes he knew how to help them and then seahawk cheerfully picks him up off the table telling him not to blame himself calls him lad which I love. <laughs> I love that too. And then says he has a great idea, not pre-planned at all. Great, good job. They should have a boys' night out on the town. Not pre-planned at all. Not pre-planned at all. And Swiftwind is stoked. Yes, it's like I'm a boy. Yes, C- can, can I yes. come too? Yes. And um, I love that Swifty and Bo have like opposite reactions. Swifty's like, "Can I come?" And Bo's like, "I should stay." Here. Yeah, Bo is like a, a limp noodle at this point. He's never uh-huh. looked like his battery is lower. His voice is glum. His shoulders are slumped. He's like looking down at the floor. Says he should really stay here in case Glimmer and Adora need him. And it's like, dude. Like maybe. you are also a person. Yeah, you deserve some like. You deserve a break. Yeah. Just like everyone else. Yeah. Just like everyone else. And Seahawk, you know, is right. One night won't hurt. Yeah. Everyone needs to recharge. Everyone needs a little recharge time. And Seahawk is saying this, he puts his hand on Bo's shoulders, says that one night off won't hurt. And as he's saying this, some sea shanty music starts to play quietly in the background. Love it. Love it. And And then then Swifty starts prancing in place saying boys night out boys night out boys night out why am I the only one doing this I love that he's like Swiftwind is absolutely the dude that tries to get everybody to chant like he's susceptible to chanting yes he's susceptible to chanting and just like he catches joy easily yes and I love that I love that too you know that's part of his core self you yeah, know, it, like when he helped Adora, I don't remember which episode it was, when they were doing loop-de-loops, when they were first exploring their sacred bond. And Adora was very serious, standing on the ground trying to solve the puzzle. And the answer was that they had to establish their sacred bond at, through magic. Yeah. And and Swiftwind was just joyfully doing loop-de-loops. 
And Adora was like, bye, you're distracting me. But, you know, his joyful loop-de-loops were part of the answer. Yeah. And also, like, this, like, unabashed, like, embracing of joy is also something that is, that is um, not really welcome in the patriarchy. Like, this Definitely. kind of, like, open joy. Definitely. So, and like, certainly not in an aspect of masculinity, especially. Yes, thank you. I meant like mas- masculinity within terms of the patriarchy. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's like there, there is an expected for true masculinity to exist. There is an expectation of of joy to be something other than joy. Like yeah. it, can, it can be stoic or it can be almost violent in its like there expression are you can enjoy yeah but and the there, idea of pure joy yeah and there are ways yeah. that joy can manifest but yeah. not like this this kind of simple joy yeah, is yeah, like is not considered childish yes not exactly for men. not for men yes yes so. i yes absolutely so i love that yeah i agree so finally, Bo is roused by the combined enthusiasm of Seahawk and Swiftwind. Mm-hmm. And he agrees. And you know, sure, why not? What does Seahawk say? And then my brilliant secret plan can begin. <laughs> I Bo's love... Like, Bo's like, what? And Seahawk's like, nothing. I love, first of all, uh, another joke that I love, but it's also a joke that's used on 30 Rock, is when people yeah. say the word secret plan out loud. <laughs> yes. As if uh, it's their interior monologue, but they say yeah. it out loud. So one of my absolute favorite uh, jokes on 30 Rock is when Jenna Maroney, uh, mm-hmm. the character, is coming up with a secret plan and at the end <laughs> of the secret plan she just sings secret plan secret plan revenge on my mind i'm going downstairs to get a coffee you want anything pumpkin spice please great secret plan so this is also this also had me busting a gut so to speak That's fantastic. you fantastic know? it's like an alternate version of secret tunnel yeah exactly but it's like hey my plan is secret do you know how secret my plan is it's so secret i'm going to yell and sing, sing about, about it, it. Like, yes and you know obviously no one can hear this but me right secret this is my secret plan, plan. I love it. So <laughs> I but so the the end of this is visually wonderful and this yeah. is actually my first gayest moment. I also have this as a gayest moment and I yes. have a, a smart brain nugget so I want to hear you describe it first. Okay, love it. Can't wait for this. So right after Seahawk quietly mentions his brilliant secret plan and then says, "Oh, nothing." He to distract Bo, he spins him like a top and catches him dramatically like a dance move, you know, over one knee mm-hmm. with his free hand pointing off towards unseen adventure while Swifty strikes an equally dramatic pose behind them with his wings out majestically and his head lifted to the heavens. And as they strike this pose, Seahawk cries forward to a friendship adventure. It's gay. It's so gay. It's so gay. You know, this kind of flamboyant body language, the soft camaraderie, this type of bonding, even the idea of boys night out. Clearly, that's, you know, a nod to in our culture, we normally wouldn't say boys night out. We only say girls night out. It's right. There's there's an aspect of infantilization, you know, like boys are children. 
men are adults. But girls are ageless. All adult women are girls, right? Girls night out, you're not talking about children. You know you're talking about adult women. Right, But right. the same is not true for adult men. There is no equivalent. There's no men's night out. There's no boys' night out for adult there, men. You don't. There are, but it's considered very... It would be it's, considered gay. It's considered different. Like, I mean, there are definitely, like, leave your chick at home nights, but it usually has to... It's, it's around a particular kind of ritual that enforces their masculinity. Right, right. And this is not that. This is definitely not that. <laughs> this is not a leave your chick at home night. No, this is, this is... boys night out. Yeah, exactly. This is silly, froofy, pink drink boys yeah. night out. Yeah, I love it. I love so it. I would love to hear what is the Professor Smart, Smart Brain Nugget. Cool. So I have this as my gayest moment because of that. And also because the tableau of Seahawk cradling Bo while gesturing towards the heaven and having Swiftwind majestically spread his wigs, uh, wings behind him is very reminiscent of 70s and 80s fantasy art where the oh. beefy hero is holding the hot half naked woman in one arm with like a sick unicorn or like the moon or like a oh. dragon behind them. Uh and I have a dragon or some winged beast looming majestically behind them with open wings. Oh. So this is a subversion of that because... I haven't seen that. Yeah, I mean, like, it's the type of thing that's, like, painted on the side of vans, right? Like, cool, yeah. Um, and so the the master of this kind of art, the grandfa- the godfather of fantasy art is um, Frank Franzetta. Um, and if you've ever seen, like, fantasy cover art or... Um, Conan the Barbarian posters. It's very much that like male power fantasy, big burly dude, hmm. woman in like bikini clad armor, often in submissive poses. Hmm. Um, and so this is subverting that by being that makes total sense gay about it. So yeah, and I love it. And also, Bo is not yielding to Seahawk. Yes. He is like stiff as a board. Stiff as a board. So he's unyielding to this male power fantasy as well. So it's subverting, and then there's a subversion on top of that. Yes, I fucking love that. I had a sense that there was some kind of... That pose seemed like a nod to something, but I didn't know what it was. So that's yeah, great. Yeah, it's like 70s and 80s like fantasy like fantasy book cover art. Fantastic. Uh, D&D like, book cover art, posters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I comic was, books. I've, sort yeah, of I was never comic familiar with, with that genre, but I love it. Yeah, it was just like, I would just see it with like kids reading the books when I was in school. Yeah, or like anybody on. playing D&D or like, you know, watching Conan the Barbarian or anything like that. So yeah. Yeah. I've heard of Conan the Barbarian, but I've never seen it. It's a wild fucking movie. The second one, Conan the Destroyer, has Grace Jones in it. Nice. So, and that's a wild fucking movie. That's crazy. Anyway. All right. So that's my nugget. That's my nugget. Thank Um, you for that. And also, uh, they're mostly paintings, like old school, like oil paintings. So, cool. Yeah. So like there's this this really cool epic texture to them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very epic. Frank Franzetta is the uh, the godfather of fantasy art. If you want to check it out, it's All goofy. Right. But he was a phenomenal painter. Yeah, like in yeah, terms yeah. of technique, the technique is wonderful. So Yeah, I feel like that adds like that speaks to the kind of majestic quality they're trying to strike here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like there's yeah. majesty in, yeah, yeah. in these paintings as well. Yeah, yeah. And but like also, the subject is a little goofy, the but the style is, goofy. is majestic and yeah, it's a great exactly. mashup. Yeah. yeah. So Yep, there's, my nu- there's a smart brain nugget. 
Awesome. Shall we move on to the Horde and Selenius? I think we shall move on to the Horde and Selenius. And What's Hordak that sneaky horde up to. Well, Hordak is uh, surveying all the destruction that he sees before him. Yes, you know. he's just happy as a clam. He's really happy. And Catra's like, "Hey, I want to join in the front too." Uh, sounds yep. like congratulations are in order because, hey, look what I did. And <laughs> yeah, Catra's expecting to like, share yeah. in the congratulations and the spoils. Because she set this whole fucking thing up. Yeah, yeah. She did most of the work. Yeah. And Hordak is like, yes, the bad things have happened. You know? Yes, the princesses are in utter <laughs> no. disarray. Blah, 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 blah. And, and Catra's like, yes, we are crushing them. Once you return to the Fright Zone, I'll take care of things. Yes, I'll, I'll finish all this up. Which makes sense, as that's what her job is supposed to right. be. Like she's, she's, like, ba- she's basically like, I'm going to continue as I'll I have been doing my job. up to this point. Yes. Right. Because I did this. So I'll yes. just keep doing my thing and you keep yes. doing your Hordak thing, which is yes. ruling over stuff. Yes. From which your little ki- man cave. Which is kind of a subversion of the of the dynamic between a- Adora and Glimmer, too. Like, there is oh, this, like, yeah. you know. That's true. Yeah. Interesting. That's a really good point. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I just thought of that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. So, but we have Catra being like, hey, so I'll take care of this. And Hordak is like, no, I'm going to get the credit for this when Big yes. Brother Horde Prime yes. shows yes. up. Yes. I'm going to remain in the field to ensure victory. Yeah. As if his presence is the thing that's going to ensure victory. Oh, and also he needs to, he needs to meet and trap down yes. on the field of yes. battle. Yes. Because yes. everybody yes. needs to meet their, their ex-girlfriend in the field of battle on Etheria, apparently. Yeah. I mean, so, that is or, also pretty gay. Right. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. gay. So, and that's not fair. Fuck that. No, it's not. Because Catra did all the work. Yep. And it's tale as old as time. Bosses <laughs> getting credit for shit they did not do. Yep. And Catra's like, well, what am I supposed to do while you remain in the field? And Hordak is like, fucking just sit back and t- wait to take my orders. Yeah, you'll do what you're told, underling, is basically his sentiment which like he has barely done shit right yeah, until and i don't really understand why one of them has to go back to the fright zone yeah i don't either like they can't both be in the field wouldn't it be faster if they're like okay there's this amount of territory left i'll go i'll go this way you go that way we'll get it done in half the time i mean go team uh, the only thing i can think of is that the troops that are under catra's command are kind of like they need the troops under catra's command to hold the fort so to speak in case the <laughs> yeah I mean, I don't know anything about military strategy, so I can't pretend to be able to be like, this is not logical, like, whatever, you know? I mean, that's that's what I thought. I'm like, okay, so you have your strongest... Somebody... But who's there now? Like, nobody... Neither of them is there now. Right, but they don't have to worry about anybody being there now. The rebellion is so demoralized that, like, they're not going to just pull together their A-game to... Right, right. You know, they need time to regroup, but at some point they will. Someone in charge has to be overseeing the home base. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so it's also understandable that Katra doesn't want to be that person. <laughs> yeah, because that's Katra not exactly a reward. Yeah, for all of the hard work that she has done. No, it definitely isn't. 
Um, but she remains a strategic thinker, so she doesn't just react and blow up at him and be like, no, fuck you, because she knows that's not going to help her cause. That's not nope. a strategic thing to do right now. Nope, she does her push-it-down ritual. She clenches her fist. She r- brushes back her hair, as she's been yep. doing the whole season. Whenever yep. she's had to push it down, just push yep. down the emotions. It's fine. That's right. That's it's right. fine. Everything's right. fine. Her hair is very much a symbol of her emotions, mm-hmm. as is going to become even more blatant. Even more blatant. Yes. So she walks off and starts checking in with the other Force captains. Yep. And so she checks in with Force Captain o- Octavia, who had, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah, she's Octavia's boss. Fuck yeah. I know, right? This is the person who was like a grown ass adult when she was six years old and now she is octavia's boss yep and she t- she's like i took out your eye and now i'm your boss fuck you yep. octavia yeah so yep. fuck yeah go go catra um but she takes out octavia uh catra still not been able to get in touch with double trouble but doesn't think that's a big too big of a deal because you know double trouble's been have you know has been well i mean i don't even think she's been trying to get in touch with double trouble all she says is that double trouble will be breaking radio silence soon right. with new yeah. coordinates right so it's like they haven't even been attempting contact up till this point so she right. has no reason to know that anything's happened with double right. she, trouble exactly yeah so she as far as she knows everything's still going as it's meant to be going yes and same with scorpia you know she she you know Give Scorpia a call. One thing I noticed with Scorpia um, is a tiny thing Mm -hmm. is that she doesn't even wait. Like she just taps the badge. And this is, you know, true on any sci-fi show. You tap your badge. You say like, you know, Princess Jenny to Force Captain Meth. And then I wait for you to say, you know, this is Force Captain Meth. And then I continue to be like, okay, well, this is the shit I have to tell you. She doesn't even wait for an acknowledgement. She just starts talking, assuming that Scorpia is listening without waiting for a response acknowledgement. Right. There's no like, hey, girl, you know, there's (laughs) There's There's no like, yes, yes, boss, this is Scorpia. What can I do for you? Scorpia, you know. So she just starts talking without any acknowledgement. That's yeah. how comfortable she is with her bossliness. Yeah. Um. So that is a that is a, a protocol breach because what if the other person is like trapped and dying under a rock or something? Right. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> um. And then so she calls Scorpia, and then I don't understand the the reason behind this, and maybe there is no reason behind this. Maybe it's just to kind of set the scene. But after she does this, we have some horde soldiers dropping shit behind Catra. I think that's probably meant to be a distraction so that she didn't notice that Scorpia didn't respond when she cool. says, "Force, you know, this is this is Catra to Scorpia. And then the guys drop the thing and she's distracted. And she's like, oh, this stupid fucks. And then she okay. starts chatting to Scorpia. Cool. And she didn't notice that Scorpia never responded. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I had a question about that. Yeah. So that was my assumption. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So she leaves that scene staying to imaginary Scorpia to meet her at the Seagate because she wants to take a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's just chatting. Yep. Like to regular her buddy with her... no acknowledgement yeah. that the last time they saw each other she said horrible things to her buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And her buddy and... said you're a bad friend and walked away and that was their last interaction. Yeah, exactly. And she doesn't realize that she's just talking a voicemail. Yep. Well, she's not, not talking even to voicemail. any voicemail. She's not talking to anything. She's talking to but an like, echo chamber. She's talking to an echo chamber, but like I'm using the kind of like voicemail yeah, yeah, as like yeah, the yeah, metaphor, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. like the lights are on but nobody's home. No one's there. Yeah. 
She's going to find out. She's going to find out. So then we go to Seaworthy. Yes. A bar. A bar in Seaworthy, arguably the one they first met Seahawk in. It's definitely the same one. Yes, because Bo says the last time he was here was with Glimmer and Adora. Uh-huh. And so we can probably assume from that it's a bar in Seaworthy that he's been in before with Glimmer and Adora. It's probably the bar where they first met Seahawk. Yep. So, and also maybe it's like the, it's his favorite bar too. It's a pirate bar, right? Yeah. He's a pirate. He's going to yeah. hang out at a pirate bar. Yeah. This is yeah. where his bros are. And I, <laughs> I like that, that Bo is a bit pedantic about this and says, I thought this was a boys night out and it's the middle of the day. Yes. And then we have the, the letterbox on the eyes. Yes. Um, <laughs> which I love. Seahawk uh, beaming. I know. It's so good. And I see, this is why I love Seahawk. And like on my best, most positive days, I have this outlook of like, hooray for adventure and new experiences and mustaches yes. and bandanas. Yes. Like, yes. And, I'm and you know I find it fairly enchanting. I would go along with that as well if my buddy just cried new experiences. I love that. And grabbed my mug to force a toast along along with him and our horse pal. Yeah, a day night it matches not. You are overdue for some levity. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, everybody Absolutely is. Absolutely true. And Bo was bombed because, you know, last time he was here, he was yeah. with the best He's looking squad. down glumly into the bottom of his pink drink. <laughs> I love it. It's the like pink drink in a beer stein. Yeah, it's... Uh, so I'm getting the drink is extra sour when they start to go break into song and they rhyme. It's like yeah. pink sour. I'm like, is it like... Is it like a... a um, a Paloma? Is it I, like... I have no idea. As you like know, I'm not a drinker, beer? so I don't know. Like, I don't beer know. is pink? Well, sometimes there's pink sour beer. Gay I have beer. no idea. If they can make beer green, they can if make beer pink. If my life depended pink. on answering questions about alcohol or sports, I would probably die very quickly. I would die slower, but I would be able to get <laughs> some answers out. <laughs> yes. So um, here we are with our pink drink. Mm-hmm. And Seahawk starts to make some rhymes. It's true. Things are looking dour. Swifty gasps. This drink is extra sour. <gasps> Could this be the rebellion's darkest hour? And he whirls <laughs> out of his chair and jumps what? up on the table and begins a sea shanty ode. To friendship! To friendship! And there is an in-universe nod to continuity of where is this music coming from? Uh-huh. Because uh, another bar patron, when Seahawk yells, hit it, someone hits this sleeping musician at the bar who quickly wakes up and starts to play an instrument called a squeeze box. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so here we comes around the line that I have probably quoted the most out of all of Shira. Which is, it's fun to be friends with friends. It's fun to be friends with friends. So I also, I don't, Jenny, you probably have this. You might not, but gayest moment number three for me is breaking into song because breaking into song is always gay. Yeah. There's just also, no... Also, musicals are gay. Musicals are gay. Y yes. I mean, 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, to that's all without. Of that. that is like without. <laughs> that is like the unspoken thing here. Like. Absolutely. But I went more specific into the breaking into song is also I mean, that is also true. Yes. Um, If you are, like, out in public with your friends and you just break into song in actual real life, not on TV, that is gay. gay. That is gay. That is gay. And also, once again, a subversion of of understandings of of masculinity. Absolutely. So I want to give the group here that a reminder that the voice of Seahawk, a little nugget here, is Jordan Fisher, who, amongst many other things, is an accomplished Broadway actor. I did not know that. Yes, he's actually a really accomplished Broadway actor. He portrayed the double role of John Lawrence um, slash Philip Hamilton in Hamilton from uh, 2016 to 2017. He played Mark in a televised version of Rent in 2019. He played cool. Evan Hansen and Dear Evan Hansen in 2020, 2021, and 2022. And he was Anthony Hope in Sweeney Todd earlier this year, 2023. That is a like, lot. And he's in a couple more next year. He books Broadway. He's a That's Broadway... That's a lot of shit. Yeah, he's a Broadway actor. Um, he also had like a, a Disney pop star career early in his career, but he does a lot of Broadway. That makes so. sense why he is the one who was picked to be our bursting into song. Yeah. You know, dramatic, you know, diva character. Yeah. So he knows how to burst into song. That's kind that's of fantastic. Like, that's his wheelhouse. He's professionally bursting into song. Amazing. But, you know, we know what it's all about. Oh, it's fun. It's fun to be friends with friends. Right. And Bo just is not feeling it for the first couple of verses. But eventually he does get pulled in mm-hmm. and he jumps up on the bar and joins in. Mm-hmm. And his main, I, I remember this, even though I didn't write it down. His main refrain is sometimes we fight, but that's okay. We'll work it out another day. And it kind of revivifies him to be like, it's okay that things are fucked right now. Like I can just let it be. It doesn't undermine the fact that fundamentally we are all friends and it's going to get worked out eventually is kind of where I feel like his headspace is at. Like, right now, we can just let it go. We're all still friends. It's all good. So one of the important things, uh, one of the reasons one breaks into song in the American musical is to... To express things that can't be expressed outside of song, right? That is correct. Yes. Specifically, so one of them is, um, one of the reasons is exposition. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons is to express the emotions that are either driving the scene or driving the plot. Mm. Oh, and to express the inner emotions of the character, like in Once More with Feeling, the Buffy musical. Right, right. right. Like that is like, which is a deeply postmodern meta musical. Yes. Um, Bo is doing the third here. Bo is expressing his inner emotions and expressing that you know things are hard but sometimes we fight and that's okay and we'll work it out another day and i know we'll work it out in the end because this is bo's emotional drive throughout the episode Mm -hmm. the same way that seahawk and swift wins emotional drive is friendship yes so also when bo slides in he slides in dabbing he does yeah so dabbing Quick thing, 
you've never been on the internet, is a gesture in which a person leans forward. I actually wrote out the definition from Wikipedia if you did not know what this meant. Um, is a gesture in which a person leans forward into the bent crook of a slanted upward angled arm while raising the opposite arm out straight in a parallel direction. It appears to be similar to someone sneezing into an elbow. <laughs> I mean, that is the correct description. I fucking love this. Sneezing into an elbow. I mean, that would be like half a dab. Sure. It started to be kind of like, um, it started to be like a dance craze meme in 2015. It came from, as many dance craze memes do, from young black American culture um, and has since been appropriated slash absorbed into the general soup of American popular culture and dabbing has nothing to do with cannabis or sea shanties or sea shanties, which sometimes I get confused because when people are like, yeah, let's, da-, you know, they're like, yeah, there's dabbing. another, there's another <laughs> definition of the word dab that has yeah. to do with weed that is totally separate. And uh, when I was like, oh, whoa, they're dabs. Okay, sure. Yeah, but, yeah, no. I'm a little too it's old for that. It's a different dab. It's a little too, it's a little too late and I have to go home, but no, different dab. Yeah. yeah different yeah. dab. So there we go. So, there so we, we have go. some singing. Um, so now we're all the, happy. Everyone oh. in the bar is getting into it. So they sing, they sing their way, and the whole bar gets into it. Everyone's cheering. They sing their way right up to this little curtained side room where three masked ruffians await them with swords drawn. Oh no. Oh no. That's not good. And Bo gasps. It's an ambush. <laughs> and Seahawk is stoked. Woohoo! Better! It's a kidnapping! Cheerfully offers up his wrists for binding. Which gay? Not yes. an official gayest moment, but I put it. No, I'm, I'm calling I, it. I did too. I think, yes, just a couple lines down, I wrote Seahawk is so excited to be tied up that it's definitely a gayest moment. Yeah. And then I wrote, Do you think, do you feel like he's sticking out his butt more than necessary while being tied up, or is that just me? I mean, he might I feel be really like he excited out his about butt it. A lot when, he when does stick offering... out his butt a lot. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. could just be a, like, wing, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, that's definitely happening. Um, so, Seahawk explains that he paid his buddy Bill to kidnap them because rescuing people is the best way to cheer up Mermista and the other princesses. Which is and to like. And get them to work together again. <laughs> Which is not wrong. Which is not wrong, but he's still a dramatic dumbass. Oh, yes. Yes. But And he not... definitely made the decision on his own without consulting the group of people he was with. Right. Also, it's like, it's such a Seahawk, like, yeah. decision to make, like, the most over-the-top, ridiculous decision. Yeah. And, like, again, he's narrating the story of his life with these big, bold strokes. It's all, like, a big narrative to him. And, you know, he... He lets everybody know that he paid his friend Bill and the princesses will stop their fight. When they save Everything us, it'll will be, be all right. right. Yes. Uh, hey, Bill, boom, did boom, you get... Boom, 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 Did you get hey, taller? Bill, did you get taller? When did you get that scar? <laughs> you didn't have a scar. This, this uh, might not be Bill. Oh, he's <gasps> fucked. Because it's not Bill. And yeah. they got kidnapped by the wrong actual kidnappers. And so yes. I am imagining 
after they left, Bill came in and was like, shit, sorry I was late, buddy. Are you? Where'd Seahawk go? <laughs> yep. But, dude, huh? Like, I'm just yeah, imagining yeah. that's what happens. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or alternately, like, that would be the much more comedic ending. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this guy, Admiral Scurvy, like, encountered the real Bill and, like, found out about the plan and was like, I'm going to intercept this plan for my right. own ends. And, yeah. like, is Bill tied up somewhere? Right. Or, Poor like, Bill. Or Bill nobody's ever going to find like, him. Bill was like, I have this information. Can you pay me double? Right. Mm. Like, but I like to imagine it being the comedic version of Bill coming yeah, in and being same. like, Seahawk, buddy, I'm here to kidnap you. Anyway, let's cut over to our kidnapper ship where our boys are now tied up on the deck. Mm hmm. And we have a quick zoom out to show us that we are absolutely nowhere near any land at all. We are way, <laughs> way, way out fucking far out at sea they are out at sea and they're like shit how are we gonna get in touch with the with the princesses how are we gonna get in touch with our friends hey swifty why don't you give adora a call because you have her on speed dial yes with your sacred bond his sacred bond speed dial which apparently adora still has to pick up for that to work i love that and i love how it's like uh nervously calling someone pick up pick up pick up pick up i love that that's hilarious and And then we zoop over to the castle in bright moon (laughs) i love this setup where glimmer is uh glimmer goes in to visit mermista asked if mermista is alone um in the bathroom. Mermista says she is. Mermista says she is, but she has Adora is in there who has transformed her sword into a mop. Yes, she's mopping up the floor with the mop of protection, which is useful. Yes, useful. it's very useful to have an object that you can shapeshift into whatever. And gl- and uh Glimmer said I thought you were alone and Mermista is is alone. She says I am. Deep, deep down. Deep down inside. So alone. Which is poetically true. Absolutely. But... Absolutely. And Glimmer and Adora, they first just look at each other for that loaded moment with that, like, I don't know what to say to you and I'm scared of fighting anymore kind of look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mermista <laughs> calls them out and is like, oh, you two gonna fight again? And then she just, like, disappears down into her bubble bath. So... She's like, I can breathe underwater, so I'm going to peace out of this situation. I'm going to do that. Yes. And then we have a really great fight. By great, I mean heartbreaking. Horrible. Yes. Heartbreaking. Glimmer coming in hot and heavy with full hostility. Full hostility. She's like, I was just checking up on Mermista, but clearly you have it covered. And she like huffs off. Like, dude. Like, damn, they can't, like, both check in on their friend? Yeah, and, like, you make it sound so accusatory. Like, what, is it wrong for other people to check on Mermista? Right. Are you mad that other people are checking on Mermista? Right, and Adora's like, oh, okay, what's going on? Yeah, she says, I know things are bad right now, but we can fix it. And, and Glimmer, like, she, like, yanks her arm angrily out of Adora's grip. She says, why is that always your answer to everything? As I mean... If, you know, as if it's a bad thing to want to fix things. I mean, when the problem is something that is deeper and emotional and you say we can fix it, sometimes it makes things worse. As I have learned 
in the past <laughs> when you say we can just fix this and it's not what needs to happen or be said so yeah and we do know that like that is adora's answer to everything adora is a fixer she right. wants to fix everything she wants to fix everything and but you, you know glimmer's so angry yeah and so finally and you know adora's been trying to be very placating up to this point yeah and finally adora gets angry back and she says because it's the only thing we can do and like right. she's finally kind of yelling back yes and, you and... Know, arguing glimmer says things are worse than ever the horde has selenius the coast is falling and we haven't fixed anything and, and then adora is deeply frustrated about this and it's like well we should work together you keep going off on your own you haven't been listening to us and in the middle of this and she's like and why can i hear the ocean right now yeah it's, it's a like very when, funny moment when your phone rings in the middle of an argument and you put yeah. it on you're like i can't even yeah. Yeah. deal with this yeah. and then you put it on mute right like you just yeah the phone rings but you're the only one who can hear it mm-hmm. <laughs> like extra extra yep so she, like, puts her hands over her ears and uh-huh. she's like what the entire fuck is like, happening we aren't doing this right now ignore yeah. right yeah. like press yeah. the ignore yeah. call yeah anyway we're not doing this right now basically right we don't and- we're not obligated to answer the phone when we're no. in the middle of things yeah and this is a things <laughs> and definitely- it is too bad that swifty was not able to leave a voicemail yeah because this is kind of a big There's deal. There's no sacred bond texting or voicemail no. options. Pick up. Yo, pick up. Seriously, this is a pick up. Yeah, so Why aren't you picking is kind of mad. Yeah. Says she hung up on me. Yeah, but he's also upset because he knows that she's in distress. Yes, and, and he, he should be by her side. Yeah, and I, I, if only we all had an emotional support unicorn. Oh, that would be the best. Would that be great? I mean, cats are great. This is not to put down cats. No, can you imagine cats having are great. I would like to have a cat and... and an emotional support unicorn. Yes, a flying That's pegacorn. A flying emotional support communist pegacorn. Yes, comrade pegacorn. Love it. Want one. Oh, we should all be so lucky. We should all be so lucky to have a sacred bond with one. Yes, yes. But Seahawk, unperturbed, says fear not i know how to get a message to my sweet mermista i love this after all she taught me seagull i love this scene fantastic he does such a good job and the animators also do such a good job of portraying him making really realistic seagull sounds and also the faces the face and like his whole body language, like his eyes are popping, his arms are like akimbo. Mm-hmm. And like the way he makes those sounds, ah, like it's so good. good. It's, it's good. so good. Um, I want to go on a cat tangent for a second uh, sure. to talk about this. Sure. Uh, I promise it'll be quick. So sure. every morning, my cat Charlie sits in the window and talks to the crows. Nice. Not just crows are it. wicked smart. Crows are wicked smart. Not any other birds there are other birds in our uh in our backyard and birds that are just as smart there are jays jays are just as smart as crows doesn't really? bother talking to the jays yeah. yes they are they're both corvids oh. um and they are both just as smart magpies too hmm. um but charlie not, only talks to the crows yeah not the jays or the wrens or the juncos but the crows like she does the chittering, chirping thing that cats do when they're like when they see an encountered birds, you know. The, mm-hmm. eh, eh. But 
it's more, it keeps getting every day longer and more complicated. And the crows caw back. Hmm. So they caw and then I she chatters. I wonder what they're plotting about. Right? It's like she's getting the neighborhood animal news. <laughs> so I, I call it the animal internet um, or like Hilarious. animal gossip time. And it's like at like 4.30 in the morning when it's like crow o'clock, Charlie and the crows <laughs> have like Kiki and they just like. Wow. So it's not unreasonable that other animals can communicate with birds. Absolutely. So. I believe that. And this scene also reminds me of the scene in Finding Nemo when Dory says she can speak whale. Oh, yeah. And, and the daddy clownfish, the Albert Brooks fish, doesn't believe her. I know. And Aww. she's totally, like, unperturbed and she does it anyway. Mm, where's the way to Sydney? Yeah, that's really fun. Um, but you know, when you when you know that you know a thing, you gotta stick to your guns. You stick to your guns, yeah. And so we have So he in, does the thing. He does the thing. And we have in the transcript that we use, um, this person is not Bill. Which I think is hilarious. So not <laughs> Bill inquires as to what all of this yammering is about. Um, and we learn that this uh, not Bill is Admiral Scurvy. Yes, he takes off his very, take very off... small mask that yeah, covers <laughs> only his eyes, and they... suddenly his identity is revealed. Yeah, they all take off their all of the the bad guys, right? All of our yes. pirates take off their masks, yes. and it yes. is Admiral Scurvy. <clears throat> Admiral, Sc Admiral Scurvy, my old friend. Yes. Siak <laughs> tries to draw his old buddy. Admiral Scurvy into the friendship shanty. Yeah. But Scurvy and is not having it. Scurvy, it is not fun to be friends with friends. It's not. This is not Scurvy. Because thing. he had to rebuild his last three ships after Seahawk set them on fire. Three. Three. Who not does that? Someone's ex-boyfriend. Yes. So finally, I have a theory. It's not mind-blowing or revolutionary. Right. On what Seahawk's lighting ships on fire thing is supposed to represent. Uh-huh. Um... Because before we were like, does it represent bisexuality or what? I don't think it represents a sexuality. I just think it represents a slightly weird and inconvenient kink. <laughs> it's a kink? It's a kink that <laughs> nobody else is able to enjoy except for him. Because like, there's a lot of kinks that are very common. Sure. Like BDSM is a kink, but it's a kink sure. that so many people enjoy together. Sure, sure. That it's like, it's nothing to be ashamed. Like kinks are nothing to be ashamed of. No, but I absolutely. Think We're not kink shaming. Have, people who have common kinks are able to enjoy them more easily. And if you have a kink that nobody else shares, what are you supposed to do with that? I'll buy it. Like, I think most people who have a kink that's totally in isolation would default towards shame and secrecy. But that is not Seahawk. No. Um, no. Like, when I was in grad school, I took this really fun class on the history of female sexuality in film. And our professor took us on a great field trip one day to meet a professor friend of hers who had just come out with a book um, mapping, basically making, like, um, a map of sexual fetishes and how they're all interconnected. And she had just hmm. interviewed like thousands of people with different fetishes and just made this big like, I don't remember the, the right word for it. Like it's a certain type of like theory map to show how they're all interconnected. Uh -huh. And so there was like chapters and chapters and chapters of more. And you could see. So like you could see where you fall on this map. And it's like, oh, there are so many people who share my kink. It's really not that weird. 
And, but there are some that are more uncommon. And so she interviewed this one guy whose whole thing was that like his fantasy was that he's a Thanksgiving turkey and he wanted people to stick a meat thermometer up his ass. And so he constructed a fake oven because like you can't really put him in a real oven and cook him because then he'll die. Yes. But, like, you know, it's a fantasy. You don't have to enact it in a right. literally real way. Right. But so, you know, like it's it's not common. Right. But so Seahawks kink is not common. And so his sure. pleasure in it cannot be shared by other people. Okay. But he's just going to do it anyway. Sounds good. I just thought it was a very broad, like... That's my theory. Whenever they connect lighting a boat on fire to a person, I just understood that to be like a broad kind of nod to, and this yes, was a relationship. Yes, it's definitely someone that he was in a sexual relationship with. Yeah. But it's like... You know, they had a sexual relationship and he ruined it. He ruined it by like with his with his selfish kink that no his, one else could enjoy with, with his him. Selfish kink, yes. He burned it down. But we are kink. both in agreement that this is one of the biased moments, which is Seahawks ex boyfriend. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. His big beefy His big beefy ex boyfriend. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, three ships. So this was obviously yes. like not a short relationship with Admiral Scurvy. Yeah, definitely that's three. Not. He gave it a shot. Yeah, yeah. But that's three ships. That's a yeah. lot. So that's a lot of rebuilding. That's a lot of rebuilding. So, so he's about to start making Seahawk walk the plank. What? No way. The plank? They still do that these days? Apparently, apparently they do. It's pride and, and true. Try it's. A, I mean, it is a Classic. tried and. It is a classic. Sometimes you got to bring back the classics. And, you know, being being Corsair that that Seahawk is, he he does love a classic. So. Mm hmm. And Bo tries to intercede and he says to Admiral Scurvy, whatever Seahawk has done in the past, can't you put it aside for the sake of your friendship? And we have, of course, the like cynical villain. Friendship is oh, you know, okay. I said that like Seahawk. <laughs> That's not how he says it. No, 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 he's a hard. cynical villain, and yeah, he's yes. he's the bad masculinity. You know, he's he's big and beefy and grouchy, and he does things for money and yeah. doesn't like friendship. And he says friendship is overrated. The only thing that matters is capitalism. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yes. I love but this. But so luckily, because of the high value these pirates place on capitalism, our friends are worth something to them. Yes. In um, ransom. So Seahawk is not going to walk the plank right now after all. Yeah, they're just messing with him. They get retied up. They are just messing with him. I love that. I love this little back and forth between Seahawk. This was a terrible idea. Why didn't anyone stop me? Because, and Swift went, because yeah. you didn't tell us. Why didn't you tell us? And of course, well, if I have Seahawk, I would have told you. You would have stopped me. Yes, yeah, yes. Dun, dun, dun. Ba -dum -bum -bum. Little circular, yeah, circular da -da. logic. Yep. And Bo is trying to bring it back to, but it's okay because it's fun to be friends with friends. Remember? Yes. I'm Bo. I'm being yeah, positive. Yeah. Remember, you got me to be to positive. Pull them back into the message that they've been hammering into him the whole episode. <laughs> it's their message. And they're like, geez, read the room Bo. yeah this I'm is like, no time for songs ah damn it like 
And Bo's like, okay, back to Bo. I know. Like, he's on an emotional roller coaster yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, win. he's like, well, hopefully Adora and Glimmer will stop fighting and come rescue us. Yes, he is stalwart. He says, I know they will. Yeah. As the ship sails ominously out towards the horizon, mm-hmm. that's the last thing we hear Bo say. He says, I know they will. And so we have Bo's undying, you know, uh, hope faith. in his friendship and mm-hmm. faith cut to Katra's undying faith mm. in her friendship. If we um, can even call it friendship. If we can even call it friendship. The person that she uses and abuses and calls and it. Ma- this... I don't even know if she calls it friendship. But uh, a companionship. Yeah, um, she's never used the word friendship, I don't think. Companionship. And this is yeah. one of my favorite and one of the most important scenes in um the episode uh, the series really mm. um and uh it's w- certainly one of the most important scenes in Catra's arc and just really like st- like the like zoom in like hey you want to see where Catra is this is one of the most honest looks at Catra's like emotional um, okay so why don't you set the scene for us here so Catra is sitting isolated Staring at the ocean, surrounded by these huge rocks that are kind of like, like enclosing her almost. Mm-hmm. They're like, like they're like, I don't want to say they're not caving in. They're like closing in on her. Um, she's encircled by the hardness, like literally that she's built around us, and is looking mm-hmm. into the empty distance. So she's like looking mm-hmm. at like a future that's nothing. And mm-hmm. is completely isolated with this hardness that she's built around her and is trying to talk to Scorpio. And she says, hey, Scorpio, where are you? It's not like you to be late. And then she curls up into like, you know, she's sitting and then she curls up. She, you know, what we have here is Catra curls her tail around her legs and hugs her knees quietly and then is vulnerable. But is still like, you know, is vulnerable with her words yeah. physically is completely guarded and says listen i will kill you if you tell anyone this but i thought winning would be different Mm -hmm. Uh, or at least more i don't know fun and i almost wonder if she would have been able to be this honest and vulnerable with her words if scorpia were physically there in front of her I definitely don't believe she would. Yeah. Have been. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there is that distance there. Yeah. And this is when, you know, we don't see, you know, throughout this se- season and throughout the series, we see Katra reveling in gaining power in yeah. the, in the action of gaining power, not achieving power but gaining like you know and so we have this kind of completion depression here yeah which is a real thing like yeah like um if you've ever completed something that you've worked on for years and years and years there is like once you kind of get over the initial holy shit i did this there is an emptiness after that where it's hard to describe because it's you feel this accomplishment, but especially with something like this, where there is kind of an, an 
there is nothing here for her. She is enclosed and looks out into nothing. Like she didn't get yeah, what she wanted. She's surrounded by barren emptiness. Yeah. She didn't get what she wanted, but there is still is the completion depression here of like, yeah. I thought that the ending of this would be different. Right. She thought she was going to get her emotional needs met by this. Yeah. And she didn't. And so she didn't get her emotional needs met. She finished the thing that she's been working on. So now she doesn't have anything else to work on. And that's where like the completion depression part comes in. Right, right. And she didn't get the reward, the actual reward that she wanted to get, which is to actually be in charge of this. Right. So. And she and, doesn't even have her buddy. And she doesn't have her buddy. She doesn't have friends. She's yeah. isolated herself completely. Yeah, the yeah. last person that stuck around with her through all of this that she and she's pushed away everybody with her actions in order to get to this place where i mean you see like you know she's this is it but it's nothing it's absolutely yeah, yeah. nothing and then she switches over from her vulnerable confession after you know not getting any response she switches over to you're not still mad about before are you yeah you know, stop being so sensitive. Get over it and talk to me. Great apology. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, it's not an apology. Well, you know? I mean, it's also the type of thing where it's like, this has also happened, you know, to me before. And I'm sure this has happened to other people is that you open up and you're vulnerable to somebody and you don't feel like you're getting the the reaction that you want to get. You're not getting yeah. or any reaction. So you kind of go back to your like, well, whatever, it's fine. Or okay, well, fuck you then, right? Like, you open up and you have this emotional vulnerability, yeah. but you then are just like, yeah, no, just K, JK, you know, like, yeah, you don't get yeah. to have this. You, you're not nurturing this that yeah. I gave you. So therefore, you're not getting any further vulnerability. In fact, I'm pulling it all back. Yeah, yeah. And so after eventually having no response to any of this, when she really realizes that something is wrong... Yeah, she... You can see it in her face. And then she, like, hops down and, like, runs out of there to go yep. investigate where is Scorpia. Yeah, and she also... That's when she realizes not only is anything wrong, but she realizes that she is alone. Like, she... Like, that's the wrong... That's the wrong here. Like, where is Scorpia? Yes, but, like, she's alone. Yeah. Like, yeah. She, she's alone at the... Where she should be, like, sharing this and being at the top of the world. Like, she's... Yeah. She's not only not at the top of the world where she should be, but she's alone. Yeah. So alone and adrift. Alone and adrift. And this is kind of where we see Katra starting to unravel. Yeah. Like this is like this is her like emotional like Yeah. Like, okay, is that all there is? You know? Yeah, yeah. It, is that all there is? Yeah. So rough it's rough this scene always gets me sometimes i i i i think this you know this is i thought winning would be different yeah you know it's also like the the winning that you get from something is ill-gotten right yeah like, it's yeah. the ill-gotten Ill -gotten wins gains. like yeah. yeah it's like i thought you know okay so i did everything i could to win and it wasn't satisfying because I didn't do it in a way that was satisfying. Like yeah, I didn't yeah. get the satisfaction because I didn't do the things that would be satisfying. So yeah, maybe you cheated a little. Yeah. Or a lot. 
Or a lot. Or a lot. But like, yeah. And the cheating didn't feel good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So anyway, I thought winning would be different. It's not. You're alone. You're alone staring into nothing. Yeah. Yeesh. That's dark. Into the void. Into the void. And, you know, she's been in the void before. Yes, she has. Catra so just keeps probably some PTSD trigger there. Yeah. Also, Catra is one of the Catra keeps, you know, looking into the void and the void winks back. Catra keeps going to the void. So, yeah. <sighs> Catra's right. journey is arguably the most difficult journey that anyone goes on in the show. Oh, absolutely. Um, and she really comes out the other side. Yeah, she does. Or she starts to come out the other side. We actually see just the beginning of her coming yes. out the other side. Yes, yes. Which is also really awesome. Yes, it is. But for now, but for now, we will journey back to the ship of Admiral Scurvy. Let's go back to the boys. Where Bo and Seahawk are valiantly trying to escape their ropes. Not happening. When Scurvy waltzes over and tells them, good news, boys. Someone cared enough about you three to pay a hefty ransom. Hooray! Who is it? It's the princesses. Just like <laughs> I planned. But no, because <laughs> because Seahawk is really good about being stealth and singing all those loud, very public songs about the rebellion. Yes. And you think your ransom was paid by the princesses? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. As a very loud foghorn blows and a much larger horde ship pulls up beside them. And I love that, like, this is, like, a very fast reveal. Like, they didn't see this giant horde ship coming at all up until this moment. Just just a moment, like, (laughs) boom, here it is, this giant ship. Yeah, it was really silly. On On the vast open ocean, you didn't see it at all up until this moment. But, you know, it's cartoon. It's cartoon, you know. So, so Scurvy says the Horde controls the seas now, and they're paying top dollar for high-ranking rebel prisoners. And then we have uh, Octavia coming in, yep. giving, paying some ransom. A bag of coin is exchanged. Uh, just a bag of coins. So Seahawk starts begging, trying to be sentimental with his old buddy, Scurvy, if our friendship ever meant anything to you. It didn't. Boop, boop. I love that. Just cuts it right off. Seahawks yep. about to go into like this like big speech and Kirby, yeah, Kirby's like, yeah. no, it it didn't. Yeah. And then um, as the Horde starts to board their ship and cart them away, Scurvy says the most devastating thing to Bo. Mm-hmm. What your does he say? Fr- he says, your friends aren't coming, kid. I don't think they've even noticed you're gone. And then scoffs at the idea of friendship. He yes. literally just goes, oh, friend. <laughs> like, not like yeah. that. But like, yeah, he's like, yeah. Scott, yes. friendship. Who yes. needs, you know? Like yes. the, what a like, ridiculous idea who for needs you to put your friendship. faith in. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So yes. is it too late for our intrepid heroes? It might be. Because it might when be. We, when we cut back to Bright Moon, before we even get inside the castle, just from the exterior shot, we can already hear the sounds of Glibber and Adora's bickering. Yeah, and damn, they're going into each other. Yeah, so like the lines that we can hear before we even get in the room with them include, just because you're Shira doesn't mean you can order people around. You yeah. just keep pushing us away. I am queen of Etheria, okay? 
which is a little confusing because up till now we've always thought she was queen of bright moon yeah not the whole planet right so okay but we're gonna go with this yes yeah i don't think it's really worth it for us to nitpick this world building at this moment yeah and then back to adora and going rogue and leaving what are we supposed to do with that we're trying our best so right. this is, you know, just the same old, like, it's just like... It's the same regurg- argument. It's like it's like a cow with four stomachs. They're just regurgitating the same argument and re-chewing it. Yeah. Ew. Sorry. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the simile makes sense, but ew. Yes. <laughs> Thank yes. you. It is disgusting. <laughs> it is. Disgusting, but accurate. Um, so and... while they're arguing through the walls, we finally get to Mermista, still in her bubble bath. <laughs> I love and... this. A seagull lands on her mermaid tail and starts squawking over the sound of this background argument. And Mermista's <laughs> like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. And um, then finally, we flip into the room where Glimmer and Adora actually are. And then this is this gets heavy. Yeah. This gets really we heavy. We finally get to the root of the thing. Uh-huh. So Glimmer talks about, you know, Adora thinking you can solve problems by hitting things with your big gay sword. You think mm-hmm. you can just transform into She-Ra, hit things with your big big gay sword, and fix everything. It's not working. And Adora's and then, like, why are you yeah. blaming this on me? Yeah, and Adora, I still feel, and it even says this in the script, it says Adora imploring, which is, and I feel like her voice is less accusatory and more being like trying to be open, trying to make a connection. Like, why are you blaming all this on me? It's not my fault Selenius fell. The Horde manipulated all of us. Whereas Glimmer is Mm -hmm. like, and Adora, her response is not like, she's like, like, dude. Like, what is going on? Like, like dude, what is why? going on? Yeah. yeah. So she's, so, you know, I feel like their energy is not exactly the same. Mm-mm. And then Glimmer starts to really dig in. Like, yeah, so Glimmer's really next dig in. comment is a little hard for me to swallow. She says, Shira was supposed to save us, but the rebellion's in a worse place than ever since you showed up. Which is, is that true? So, like... And I know that what they're trying to do is sort of drill down towards the root of what's really at the heart of their conflict here. Right. Because it's leading towards Glimmer saying this horrible thing, mm-hmm. basically blaming Adora for her mother's death. But, like, this is so contrary to Glimmer's whole position up till this point to suggest that Shira was supposed to save them all. Because Glimmer's whole position up till now is that she wants to be more active. And mm-hmm. the Shira should take a step back and just be one of the quorum and not try to be so in charge. And now she's saying that Shira was supposed to do everything. Well, I think this is I think this is um, I see what she means by this. This is before like I am st- taking charge because now it is my turn to take charge. But before you, you know, like, hmm. you know, like you were supposed to save us when you showed up. But mm. you didn't. And then it got mm. worse. And then, you know, like you showed up and then it got worse. And now it's my, you know, like it's like I have yeah. to clean up, you know, I have I to mean, pick I, up the I pieces. I mean, I guess I can understand that. But she's always been chopping at the bit, even from the first time we met her, to be more in charge and be more out there. She never wanted to sit back and let other people fight her battles. But also, like, it is the in a worse place for Glimmer because of the next line. Like... 
you know, Shira says, Adora says, I'm trying my best. Can't you see that? Yeah. And Glimmer says, what is really bothered? Why yeah, it's a, in a yeah. worse place? Yeah, yeah. You know, which is... Maybe your best isn't good enough. If it was, my mother would still be here. Yeah. Which, clearly, that's what they're getting at. That's the root of Glimmer's anger. Right. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. And... And as soon as she says it, she realizes that she went too far. Yeah, that's way Adora's harsh. eyes fill with tears. And Glimmer, like, all the fight goes out of her immediately. Like, her whole expression and body language changes. And she starts to apologize immediately. But there's no time. Because what happens then? Because, uh, because Mermista slams open they're fighting in front of Mermista's right. room. In, right, so right. Mermista slams open the door and like literally like slams the door on them yes. and scree like shouts, the boys are in trouble. A seagull told me. And I just that yes. I, that's this hilarious. One of my other favorite lines. Yeah. Yes. And she is invigorated. She's like, yes. I may have lost my kingdom, but I'm not losing anyone else. And then goes to back to her Sira. Yes. I love. Queen of the oceans. I love this. Riding on the back of dolphins. And yes. she has apps and you know this this is also like one of my like top five lines in the whole series is the seagull a seagull told me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The boys are in trouble. A seagull told me. I'm like, it's great. Let's go. Let's go. She just and grabs them and hauls them off. She has like no patience for their bullshit. She's like, uh-uh, we have some saving to do. Boys yeah. are dumb and we need to fix things. <laughs> yes. So this was really unfortunate timing for mm -hmm. Glimmer and Adora. Like they just finally got to the root of the thing. Yeah. And like Glimmer was finally apologizing like she just she didn't even get the word all the way out of her mouth yeah when the doors burst open like she realized that she's like oh shit i really crossed the line I i'm really sorry i'm sorry up. yeah but um and like if they had been able to stay in that moment for even one full moment i think adora might have been able to see that glimmer was sincerely sorry but you can't do that during war. I mean, like, and that's yeah. the whole... War does not give you the luxury of emotional growth. No, it doesn't. Like, sometimes you just have to, like, hang your, hang your, you know, hang your argument up and go fight. Yeah, and you have to put that... your humanity aside. And that's what they have to do. To do whatever needs to be done. Yeah. That is what they have to do. So they yep. get back to... So we jump back to the ship. We're small... Seahawk. Now we're on the now we're on the horde ship. We're on the horde ship, and Seahawk is making small talk. Yep. Yes, Octavia, what happened to her eye? And we, I, we as the audience know, but uh, Seahawk yes. does not know that uh, Catra scratched it out when she was six. Mm-hmm. And now I bet she's gonna do the exact same thing to all of you. It's like why? Why was Catra gonna scratch their eyes? Whatever. It's fine. She's it's... a sadistic little fuck. I mean, why did she scratch Octavia's eye out when she was six? Right. I mean, yeah. from from what Octavia understands, Catra's a little bastard. Right. She's but... just a sadistic little fuck. Right. But like, she takes out her feelings on other people. Right. You know. <laughs> but yeah, because she wasn't raised right in a loving home. Because she wasn't raised right. Um. And but. And you know, Octavia so there's learns... one person who is not reacting to these threats 
appropriately. Yeah, you can't threaten somebody that doesn't give a shit. Yes. And it's Bo. Bo is finally just done. Bo's like, I don't care. And Octavia's like, well, I'm threatening you. Has like a stun. Yeah, like, hey. Like a stun baton and everything. Be threatened. And, and Bo's like, I'm I don't doing, ca- I'm doing a thing here. Yeah. yeah. And Bo's like, I don't care. Do what you, you know, what? Yeah. It, he is done being the only one invested in the work of friendship. And he has his big, he has like one of our first really big Bo emotional, like yeah. digging yeah. in emotional moments. And he has like, more than earned it. He has. And he says, you know, it's not easy being the friendly and upbeat guy all the time. Yeah. Which it's not, you know, no, being a peacekeeper is really difficult. Yeah. It's stressful as fuck. It's stressful as fuck. And you're taking on everybody's shit all of the time. Just trying to make sh- like you're mitigating so many people, so many things just to make sure that like everybody can get along and things get, you know, things can stay smooth so everything can keep going and everyone's fine it's fine everyone's fine i'm fine it's great yeah, it's is there fine. any room left for you to have your own feelings even yeah and we hear that like you know we hear from Bo that it's hard work and why is he the only one that's willing to work at it that's right yeah and then he says i mean they didn't even notice i'm gone yeah do whatever you want i don't care it's terrible being friends with friends. Yeah. He's just like, no, Bo, you love yeah. being friends with friends. Yeah. But, you know, like, he's got to have a break. Yeah. Yeah. He can't. From he... from that upbeatness. Yeah. And you have to have a break from not if just the upbeatness. Is 100% unwavering 100% of the time, then it's a mask. Yes. Yeah. And. You can't keep up a mask all the time. You no. will burn out and it is exhausting. Yes. And then Octavia taps her comms badge and tells her fellow Horde soldiers to be ready at the rendezvous point because this kid is bumming her out. <laughs> really? Gotta get him off the ship. Like, geez, what a bummer. And it's like, damn, when we hear Bo is a bummer, like things That's are serious. not good emotionally. Also, Bo is the heart of the series if Bo is giving up on friendship friendship is in a really bad place here <laughs> on right. etheria here on the the she-ras and the princesses of the powers if Bo is saying friendship is hard i don't even care nobody even notices i'm the only guy that works at it no one does it's terrible you're screwed yeah like your emotional you know yeah. You are emotionally you, you screwed You need an emotional here. cardiologist. Stat. You need an emotional cardiologist. Y'all need to check in with it, with each other. Yeah. Which is what he suggested back at the very beginning. But nobody listens to him. Nobody listens. Nobody listens to Bo. So we, <laughs> so we then hear random soldiers saying we have magic. Magic incoming. Incoming. I, I wonder how they detect that. I don't know. Maybe what they... kind of particles do they detect when there is a a teleportation poof incoming? Maybe they hear the sound. Maybe the magic sound. Could be. I think so. I think it's what it is. So we have a majestic poofing in of Glimmer, Mermista, and Adora, each in their own righteous action pose. I love that we get Adora's mid-air transformation sequence. Yes. And since the last two episodes, we had one episode that was all Adora, and then mm-hmm. before that, the episode that was all Shira. So that means it's been at least three episodes since we've had a transformation. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. So we so haven't had one. So that makes it a little extra epic. 
Yeah, it's it's nice. You know, we love a good transformation yeah, sequence here. Yeah, we could so. all use a little razzle dazzle right now. We really could. We all could use a little bit of little sparkles, a little sparkle sparkle, a little rainbow rainbow, a little bit of you know ass kicking with some some magical energy waves. Yep. So, so we have some rescuing happening. Sure do. We have Bo. We have Glimmer going over to Bo. You know, untying Bo, they share they a moment. A, they have a, a moment of awkward silence. Yeah. That's all they have time for before they, they have, have to jump for. back into the action. Yep. And like, that's, that's so real. Like all they ever, all anyone yeah. has time for is moments, yeah. brief moments, and they can't yeah. keep it together. Yeah. 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 But at least they have that moment of connection where they like, I see you. Yep. I'm here for you. And Seahawk just is over the moon that his girl's back. Yes. You're back in the game. And she is just kicking As he major punches ass. soldiers happily. I know. They're both, they're just, yes. they are reveling in this. They're having yes. a grand old time. She is waterbending like a motherfucker. Rescuing people is her jam. That's right. Um, He never had any doubt in her. That's right. Ever. And of course, because he is so elated, he want he goes into starts to go into a refrain of the friends with friends, and yeah. <laughs> she water bends at him, uh, shuts it down immediately, immediately, and says no, no shanties, and then hit it. And I'm gonna do a little mini smart brain moment here on uh, what happens musically. Sure, when Marista has her electric guitar chord. When she has an electric guitar moment. Sure. But before so, you do your Professor Smart Brain moment, I just want to note Seahawk's reaction to Marmista having her own musical interlude. I, I know. His eye, he literally gets heart eyes. He's, he is so excited. He's so he excited. Says, I thought you said no shanties. Yeah. And Marmista so, says, this isn't a shanty. It's like a rock remix. So it's cool. So she says, no shanties, hit it. The guitar sound. That is called a pick scrape. Oh. Yeah. So it's a pick scrape or a pick drag. Um, I've heard it as a pick drag before. Um, we get a pick drag into an, an E chord, an open E chord. Or really probably just the E string. Um, and so that's a really common sound that you hear. Hard rock, punk metal. Um, so what you do is you take it by taking a guitar pick um, on a distorted electric guitar, and instead of like kind of pulling it down over the strings like a strum, you start at the um, at the bridge of the guitar and you drag the pick up towards the neck at a particular like rhythm. It's usually like kind of fast, so you get the. So it catches on the winding of the string, and that gets picked up by the pickups. And with the distortion that is already, or overdrive, or whatever you're using to get a distorted guitar sound, makes that cool scratching noise. What makes a guitar sound distorted? Um, you can use a number of pedals. Ah. Pedals is the easiest way to describe okay. that yeah. without going that's, into sound that's science. Sufficient, that's sufficient answer you for me. You buy pedals, and you press a button, and it goes from bring to bong. So cool. Yeah. Cool. So that is how you go into the rock remix. Really, it's like the rock reprise, but yes. Who who are we to 
to go into that. And another little Professor Smart Brain moment here. Just a fun a fun reminder that the actress that plays Mermista, uh, Vela Lavelle, was also in another show that had a tendency to burst into song, which is My Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Ah, I haven't yeah. seen that. Yeah. I've seen a couple of episodes and I've seen like some of like the musical interludes and it's actually pretty good. I need to sit down and watch it. But yeah. Cool. So she has experience singing... As you can hear, she's got a really fun rock and roll voice. Yeah. Awesome. And she has this great rock song here where she's kicking ass and, you know. Yeah, so the theme of her musical interlude starts out being more focused on her. Mm -hmm. You can't bring me down. You know, I'm going to kick ass. I'm back. You know, I got my juice back basically Mm -hmm. but then it sort of morphs back into more of the it's fun to be friends with friends refrain but with the words altered slightly to it's fun to fight hard with friends right and there's the double entendre yes as in it's fun to fight alongside friends Mm -hmm. when it's showing her and seahawk yeah on the same side united fighting against a common enemy but then the shot moves on to glimmer and adora and then you have the double meaning of fighting Fight. with friends, fighting amongst friends. Yes. But they do win in the end. Yes. They do win in the end, even though fighting with friends and fighting with friends is happening. Yes, yes, yes. Even though everyone, some people look a little uncertain and sad. Some people are super stoked. They do win in the end. As Seahawk is yelling, friendship, adventure. I love that. I love how enthusiastic he gets when he yes. yells friendship. Yes. But I like doing that too. I still do that. I do that yeah, whenever it's, I it's, go out on like when I see my friends. Infectious. It really is. Um, but they still haven't talked it out because that shit was said right before Seagullus interrupt us. Seagullus interrupt us. Yes. I'm not sure if that's the proper Latin name for that kind of gull, but I'll let um, it pass. I did not look it up. I'll let it pass. Yeah. I'm not sure interruptus is a real word either. Is that just a funny thing people say? Um, no, I think interruptus is actually a real word. It is? Yes. Huh. I think it actually might be. Um, I mean, it could be like fake Latin, but uh, whatever. It's the most identifiable thing I could think of to say. It, you know everybody what? would get it. You know what? It works. It's fine. Everyone yes, gets I'm it. Not claiming, I'm not claiming it's real Latin. Nope. So... Speaking of fighting fighting with friends. Yes. What's going on in the Fright Zone? Uh, so we have an establishing shot of Scorpio's room, which is empty. Yep. Well, it's empty of Scorpia. It still it's has... just how we saw it the last time we saw Scorpia in it, just without Scorpia in it. Just without Scorpia. It has many of Scorpia's personal affects. It has Scorpia's vest with Scorpia's force captain badge it has pictures of scorpia's moms it has her little scorpion stuffy little stuffy but there's no scorpia and there's a note well before she finds the note she goes in there she's calling out for scorpia and on the third she's like scorpia scorpia and so the third time she calls out for scorpia it's picked up by her com badge and then it's echoed back by Scorpia's com badge and that draws her attention to the fact that Scorpia's com badge is sitting on this neatly folded pile of stuff on her bed, including the vest mm-hmm. the catcher gave her. It's that like here's gave stu- her. It's like here's your stuff back, ex-girlfriend. Yeah, yeah with exactly. A note. With a note. 
And I don't think and we ever learned... the fact that she left her comm badge behind sort of shows that she's leaving the horde. She's done, yeah. I don't think we ever yeah. learned what the no, note we don't. is, but... Um, there was... I don't remember where I read this. I couldn't find it now, but I did once read that in an earlier version, they had shown the audience what the note said, and then they decided it was more powerful mm-hmm. if they just leave it to your imagination. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I'm, Sometimes I'm just... your imagination is better. Yeah, I mean, I I just always interpreted it as just a uh, re, like, you know, like... Goodbye. Goodbye, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just a, like, goodbye, you're a bad friend, or just goodbye. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like... The less said, I feel like yeah. the more... The more... Gutted Catcher's gonna be. Yep, so... So, and, you know, Catcher's yeah. reaction says it all. And Catra's gutted. I mean, yep. She just drops the stuff on the floor. She just drops the stuff on the floor and drops drops with it. Yep. And her eyes go very wide. Yep. And winning looked different. Sure did. Sure did. And now we have more scenes of winning looking different. Yes. Back on the high seas. Now that we have ditched the Horde ship and we're back on a Rebellion ship. Mm-hmm. Not sure where this new ship came from, but it doesn't really matter. You know what? I think that Mermissa just water bent it there. That could be. Yeah. Could so. summon it across, sure. across the seas. Sure. I don't know why they didn't just whatever. Yeah. So Seahawk has just finished telling the tale of how he united everyone with his brilliant plan. And Mermista rolls her eyes and calls him a goober. I but love that. in this way that you can tell that like negging is her love language. Uh-huh. I have this as my biased, another biased moment number two, which is playfully Definitely. punching your overdramatic friend, but also loving them a lot. Yes. But she, you know, she's done moping in the bathroom. Yes. Like she's done. Your plan sucked, Seahawk. You friggin' goober. I yes. love goober, by the way. That I know. So, it's I great. love that. That was such a good choice to do like a Yeah. A nice, like, inoffensive. It really lands. Like, yeah, 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 it was good. Um, but I'm ready, She's to, ready fight. to fight. Yes. Yep, and get my kingdom back. And Seahawk yes. is so proud. Yes. He's, he's so, like, he's always so girl. proud of her. Yes, he is. He's always so proud of her. Also, um, Bright Moon ran out of ice cream. That's also my girl. <laughs> Which, you know, that's fair. Yeah. He loves that she loves ice cream. Also, it's like when you do finish, kind of like if you're like, you know, one of those like, I need to, you know, take a tiny bit of time to eat my feelings. Then you run out of it. You're like, all right, well, I got to do something else now. Yeah. You know, so like that's also really real. You know, oh, the bath water's cold and I ran out of ice cream. Well, I should probably get up and, you know, put on some clothes. Right. Yes. I, I took that time and that time is over now. Yep, exactly and yes and then we sort of zoom out from that to Bo's pov watching them from sort of further away on the deck he's sort of watching them happily he's like oh good you know seahawk and remister are good and then he looks over at glimmer and adora on the opposite side of the deck um and he sort of smiles hopefully at them he's mm-hmm. like oh good they're gonna make up now too but that's not going to happen. That's not what happens. No, in fact, it's the opposite of what happens. No, because... so Adora is sort of sitting on the railing, looking out at the sea, and Glimmer approaches her sort of tentatively and touches her arm. Yeah. And, and... Adora is just not ready nope. for it. She's like, nope. At she... all. Yeah, she like slaps her hand and walks away. 
She's like, she doesn't no. walk away. She runs yeah, away. She's like, fuck this. She... She's like so wounded because, I mean, Glimmer said out loud the one thing that was Adora's worst thought and fear about herself. Yes. Like the two worst things. Number one, that she is not good enough. Mm-hmm. And number two, that it's her fault Angela died. Yep. Yeah. So I think part of it, um, I mean, this is just my interpretation and it's open to debate. I think part of it for Adora is that she's so hurt that Glimmer really thinks that. And part of it is guilt that yeah. she also believes it. Yeah. And that she just can't face it. Yeah. Yeah. So her reaction to Glimmer making that tiny overture is so sharp. She, you know, slaps Glimmer's hand and runs away. She doesn't walk away. She runs away. Yeah. And so Glimmer is so rebuffed by that, that her anger comes back full force immediately. It's like, you know, Adora just like re-sparked her bad feelings and she just stomps off the other way. Yeah. And Bo is like, oh, this is bad. And yeah. walks walks over to Adora. and. Yep checks in and is like adora you and you know tries to bring up what's going on tries to check in and adora just blanks blanks him and is like i know what i have to do like now is bringing it back to what she has to do i have to fix it myself yep i'm going to look for mara's weapon yep Oh, maybe it can turn the tide of the war for us oh oh this is a big this is a big one yeah. This, is a, this is a big change of plans. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Bo's like, Bo's right. Glimmer does not need a weapon. She needs her friends. And this delivery is heartbreaking. Yeah. It's like, no, she doesn't. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. Yep. I will fix this no matter what Glimmer thinks of me. Yep. She's so sad. She's so... I don't blame her. Yeah. Like, that was cruel. Yeah, of course. I mean, it came from, like, it came from a, a, a very hurt place, and it was very cruel. Yeah. So, and then, of course, Seahawk, great at reading the room, <laughs> picks up his squeeze box and gives us a musical outro. As Mermista looks happily on. Yeah. The best friend squad on the sea. We subdued the threat to the threat with ease. We sailed the world. Come near or far. We best friends. We are. We are. We best friends. We are. We are. And then we have. Yeah. Oh, quietly, somberly. We best friends. We are. We are. I know. As he leans over the railing. Looking out dejectedly at the water. Yep. Jeez. And then we have this discordant image of this beautiful boat sailing into this beautiful sunset on top yep. of all this fighting and sadness. Yep. Great. That's fun. No cognitive dissonance there. None. None. Thanks, storytelling. <gasps> oh, jeez. Gosh, so guys. Have, yeah, both Adora and Glimmer sort of reaching away in opposite directions, feeling like they both have to do everything themselves. We have Katra completely isolated, not getting the glory that she wants, being by herself, well, starting Mm -hmm. to be 
by herself. We mm-hmm. don't have Scorpia anymore. Scorpia is uh, somewhere. Somewhere. Gonna pop up somewhere soon. Seahawk had a great time. He got he tied sure up did. by hunks. Yep. Mermist ate a bunch Mermista of ice cream. had a great time. She ate a bunch she... of ice cream. She got to sing a rock remix and yeah. save people, which is her jam. Yeah. And I guess this just leads to what did we learn today? Oh, boy. We learned that sometimes you have to put aside your emotional processing and do what needs to be done in the moment. Yeah. Um, and it sucks. But sometimes you have to do the adulting. That's real. That's real. That's really real. That's really duper duper real. Yeah. Hi. And uh, I'm not sure what else we learned. That's a lot to learn. I think. Yeah. That, I think that's enough learning for that's the day. That's enough learning for one day. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. And sometimes also, wait. I have one more thing. Okay. It is okay to take me time and you shouldn't be ashamed of taking me time that's a great Sit in the top lesson of the ice cream that's a great lesson Sit on the couch with your kitties as weighted blankets whatever it is that helps you recharge go to the bar with your bi buddies and drink pink drinks when you are feeling yeah. at the end of your rope take your fucking me time take your me time Yes. Because the world will be better off with you as a better recharge per- version of yourself. Yes, I like this. So do the adulting when you need to, but take the me time when you can. Yes. That's a better what we learned today. That is a better what we learned today. Thanks for ending us on a high note, Jenny. No problem, bud. Best friends we are, we are. Huzzah! Huzzah! Excelsior! Well, folks, if you liked what you heard and you want to sing rock remixes of classic sea shanties with us, you can like and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, or X, whatever, TikTok, and Facebook at HeyAdoraCast, or you can email us a whale and guitar solo at HeyAdoraCast at gmail.com. And in case you hadn't heard, we have a Patreon. I know you hear it, but just in case, we're, we're going to remind you again. Jenny, you want to tell them some stuff we do with our Patreon? We have some live chat. We have some live watches. We're going to have some bonus episodes in the future. You have a Discord where you can chat with each other, all your fun fan theories all the fun things you have in a closed fan community on discord it's all there for you yeah we have a bunch of groovy stuff so check out our patreon and you can find the link to our patreon as well as this week's boy themed spotify playlist boys night out that's right it's all about the boys in our show notes or at heyadora.gay all the things can always be found at heyadora.gay.gay and and remember, queer joy is radical. And queer love saves the universe. Ow! Let's hear it for the boys. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> <laughs>